I'm Cece, and this is Spela Golf. Hello, welcome to episode 26. I'm Annie. I'm Cece. Good to see you today. How to are you? you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Give me some updates. Uh, well, we've had Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so much fun. And everyone keeps asking me what I bought for Black Friday. And I feel like such an oldie right now, but I bought new pillows and a new cover for our bed. And honestly, I cannot wait to go to sleep every night because it is so comfortable. So I did not buy anything else. Kind of boring, but it was so worth it. And I'm loving it. Um, We have decorated our house for Christmas and having a four-year-old and a three-year-old elf on the shelf. We have an advent calendar. It is just, it's amazing. Um, I'm just feeling so happy right now. What about you? I went Black Friday shopping also, and it was super fun. It was me, my sister, my sister-in-law, and my mom, and we went up to Scottsdale Quarter. So it was super fun shopping up there because we usually would always go to Chandler Fashion Mall, and so we mix it up. And so I found cute sweaters. I did find a pair of my Nike Air Max shoes that I've been wanting for a while, and they were on sale. So that was fun. So I was able to do that. Yay. Yeah. So today I wanted to talk about healthy and unhealthy coaching because the other day I was playing with one of my friends. She's your student. And she told me she used to do competitive gymnastics, like that elite level of doing bars, balance beam, and would do competitions and stuff. And then I think it was a few years ago, she decided I'm done. And I asked her kind of a few questions about like the coaching and kind of what was one of the reasons you think you started to quit. And I don't know everything. I didn't ask her every single question. But one of the things is she was like, I'm worried about disappointing other people or disappointing my coaches and not living up to their expectations. And so I'm like, I really liked what you said, because I'm like, well, I felt the same way. I was like, I think back when I played club volleyball, when I was 12 or 13, I felt like uh, I was just getting yelled at. Of course, you need discipline in sports and like you should be getting yelled at. But I'm like, but I don't think I feel like I'm getting better. Instead, it feels like a punishment and it makes me feel like I'm not good enough to be out on the court. And so when I'm I'm like, that doesn't really help me when I feel like my coach needs to help me feel like I'm confident and capable of being on the volleyball court or being on the basketball or the football field instead of having, oh, not you're not really that good enough. I don't know. So I'm curious just about from a coaching aspect for you, because you've been a coach, you've coached high school, correct? Or did you coach college golf, right? Um, So I've been coaching um, high school, community college, division one college, and now I'm just a swing instructor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've I've coached a little bit of a different type of groups, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, there is a lot of different types of coaching out there and I can just speak for myself and like my opinions and and how I feel about coaching in general. And I agree with you. I have a lot of students that, a a lot of students that comes from yelling Um, and I, I can't say it's an American thing because I don't know if it's an American thing, but when I grew up. Um, The coaching I had was barely any coaching at all. It was more of like the group stuff. So 
we it wasn't very I'm not going to say normal, but um, common is a better word. So it wasn't very common to take private lessons in anything because it's just as expensive. Um, and where I grew up, at least in my small town, um, I talked about this before, but it was the same group of people just doing all different types of sports uh, and activities throughout the year. And so I never had really a one-to-one type of coaching, but the group coaching that I was in um I feel like now looking back at it, I was younger too. I was like 10 years old, 11 years old. But the group coaching I got, I never felt like I was involved in the group. I was most of the time the only girl. And so I feel like therefore I didn't get a lot of attention. Um, I didn't know of any female instructors or any female coaches, period, like as far as golfing right now. Um, And... Yeah, I just felt like I never got the attention that I think I needed. I, <laughs> It's just very different. Because if I look at the kids today, I'm like, man, these kids are getting like one-to-one coaching once or twice a week. It's a lot of money that goes into being coached. So now when we're here, because I'm not saying it's wrong, I think it's great. And to toot my own horn, I think that I am more than just a swing instructor. I think when you pay me money to teach your daughter or son, you're getting more than just a swing. You're getting me as your mentor. Uh, you're getting me as your sister. You're getting me as your extra mom. Like everyone at the golf course calls me like a PGA mom or a PGA wife because I just, I think I have more to offer than just swing. And I truly think if I had that as a kid where my parents, obviously I appreciate them a lot and I have two older brothers, but they're 13 and 15 years older than me. So we never really lived in the same house, you know, because by the time I was old enough to do any of the sports, they were now my age and they start having their own families and stuff. I think if I would have had a one-to-one coach that would be there for me more mentally than anything, I think I would have been more successful in my teenage years. Cause I think I would have had another source of, yeah, like a role model or outlet if, if that makes sense. Um, looking back at college and again, I'm not going to speak for my husband, but from the stories he's told me and, you know, playing football, if it's college or the NFL, he always describes it as old men No, grown men yelling at other grown men. And I just think that's hilarious because that's exactly (laughs) what it is. You could never say that in golf. You could never say grown women yelling at other grown women on what to do. So I do believe there is a difference between the, the sports that you play. But I mean, there is a lot of golf instructors slash coaches that are like the yelling type. And that's what I was wanting to bring up about volleyball is I think for four years, I dedicated dedicated all of my time and I just started to get all the time yelled at. And I would go home crying because I wouldn't feel like I'm good enough. Or like even when I played basketball, just it's so much yelling that I'm like, well, then what am I supposed to do to get better? Like, you're not telling me, you're just yelling at me about what I'm doing wrong. And I think that's what's made you such an awesome coach for me. And thank you for that and instructor because I'm like, you're able to 
guide me and like, cause you are like a mom to us and you take care of us because you're able to help us with our mind and try to understand us and how we feel. I feel like from a coach, that's what makes us have a good connection yeah. me from with your student coach. Cause it's true. Some coaches out there are like, I'm only your swing coach. You're going to show up and I'm just going to fix your swing and that's it. Yes. None of that. And that's and okay. that's okay. Yes. And so some instructors are like that. And I've taken lessons or gone to clinics and that's that. And that's okay. So everyone's different. Everyone is different. And I think that's what's important to understand here in our conversation is that a lot of kids today need structure and yelling at. They need discipline that way. So what's important in my job is that I can read people and, and do it well. So what do you need from me? Like the other day, and you know, not to put you on the spot, but I'm coming from one lesson, you're hitting golf balls, I'm walking up to you and I'm like, oh boy. In my head, I'm thinking like, okay, I have the next two lessons, you know, for this week, like planned out for us exactly what we're going to work on. I walk up and I'm like, hey, Annie, no, I didn't even say hi. You look at me and I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong? Oh, sorry. Like, no, but that's, I think that's beautiful because that means that I know you more than just a golf swing. All you have to do is look at me and I'm like, what's wrong? And you immediately just starts bawling your eyes out. <laughs> and I am very, you know, grateful that you feel like you can do that. Um, but in that minute, I'm like, okay, it's like, it's not time for swing changes. It's not time for repetition. And so I told you, I'm like, you know what, let's just put your golf bag on the cart and let's just go play. And that's what we did. And you talked nonstop for two hours and then you felt better, right? And then it was great. And, and then, then it was great. But that's what you needed in that moment. And I think that's beautiful because instead of you trying to fight through it and for me to be like, what's going on with you? Like, why are you acting this way? And uh, like, now I'm treating you like a toddler. So some people needs to be treated like a toddler because they need discipline and they don't know better because they're privileged. But if you are like a teenager, like, I don't know, teenager, young twenties, you know, whatever, like you're an adult. And so I need to read you better on what it is that you need to become a better golfer. Cause that's my job. I'm going to make you a better golfer. What is it that you need? I'm not going to yell at you and ask you like what's wrong and then just to fix it because now you're in a golf lesson and like you can deal with that later. But I think I've become that person for so many people is that they come to their golf lesson and they feel 100% comfortable knowing that they can talk to me. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell anyone else. No. Um and they can talk to me and then the golf swing is better by just feeling better. Yes. And I felt so much better after I told you just a lot of stress that I've been feeling recently and that I cried to you. Like we went out and played on the course. And after like six holes, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better and yeah. refreshed. And now I can go out and play. And then the rest of my week went great. I just have, sometimes I have those moments and then it feels great after. Well, and what you have to remember is that I probably been in that moment, mm -hmm. right? So everything that you're feeling now, like 13 years ago, that was me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, it was interesting because I got a text message like a week ago and it was my coach. So shout out to my coach Wallman from IU. Um, he doesn't coach at IU anymore, um, but he was my coach for the three years that, you know, were the best years of 
my college life because my freshman year was so horrible. So he definitely turned that around for me. And he said that he's in Phoenix. And my other um, my other teammate that I had, she is now the head coach for Grand Canyon University, and she's killing it. Super proud of her, and I'm just so excited for her future. And we all went out for dinner, and I haven't sat down with Coach Wallman. I can't even remember like how long ago, but it was so fun because everything that I remember from college, he could now tell me like as an adult, not as my coach, but as like my friend and as an adult, what he experienced during that time. And it's just funny because like everything we said, he was like, I knew you guys were doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe going out and partying a little too much, too hard. But it's funny because all the teenagers that I teach in this moment, I'm like, girl, like I know, I know I have done it. I have done it. I have been there. I am not going to yell at you. And I think Coach Wallman, you know, the, the greatest lesson that he taught me you know, throughout my years at IU was that he's never going to yell at me. And he know, like, I knew when I made him disappointed, disappointed, like scores are always going to be important in college. Cause that's literally like you win or you don't. Um, but it's just like the way that you're acting, like your behavior, like when you're out on the golf course, like I know what he was expecting from me. And if I did something that was out of that out of his expectations, like I knew he was going to be disappointed in me. And that was a much worse feeling than failing score-wise at golf, because I know I always went out there trying to do my best. It's not like we tee up on the first hole and it's like, today I'm going to try and shoot 200. You know, of course, we're all trying to do our best. And if like we would never intentionally make a bad decision, but it's how we react to that decision. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, and so it was just, I don't know. I just loved every minute of talking to him as like, not my coach, but as another adult. And, you know, it was just so heartwarming because he was telling us some stories and like what he's been going through and what he went through. And I'm like, man, never once did I like ask him how he was doing. It was always about me and like mm-hmm. the other players, you know, and I I think that's important too. And I'm not saying that a teenager is going to have that, you know, understanding of like asking me back how I'm doing, but I don't know, as a coach, like you're going through things too. And so coaching is really, really, really hard. And I just, I don't, I'm coaching like one-to-ones and I don't know what it would be like to coach a team. I think that would be like very overwhelming for me as a person um, because I know (laughs) what I did when I was in college. Um, With that said though, again, I think some people need the yelling and some people need the discipline. As far as me and my teammates at IU when I played golf, we did not need the yelling. We needed an understanding of what was gonna make Coach Wallman proud and what would make him disappointed. And having that feeling of making him disappointed was the worst feeling that we could have. And I think that's my, like, that's my whole teaching philosophy. So yes, I can teach you how to swing a golf club. But if I teach you every single week 
and I hear that you're throwing clubs in tournaments or, you know, that you're throwing out the F-bomb all the time, like stuff like that makes me really disappointed because I'm like, that's not how I like raised you, <laughs> like talking like they're my own kids, you know, mm -hmm. but I hope that my players know that when they're out playing, they represent me like we're a team. But yes. I hope that, you know, like as my player, when you go out and play golf, that whatever you talk about in groups with other people or the people that you play with and, and people that you meet in the golf world, that you want to, you know, the way that you behave around them is from what I've been teaching you as far as golf, not as a person, but you know. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. And as you're telling me this, I'm like, I remember I would have the worry of oh, disappointing you. And I'd have to tell you, I'm worried that I'm going to disappoint you. And then you told me I'm only going to be disappointed in you if you don't try and you start throwing your clubs everywhere. You, you quit. If you go shoot a 90 all because you started to quit and not want to be there anymore, then of course I'd be disappointed in you. But if you tried to put in all of the best effort that I have, then you're not going to be disappointed. And it's like, hey, what can I do to help her shoot lower. What can I do as a coach is what you have taught me. Yeah. If you go out and shoot a 90 and you tried everything that you could, that means that I didn't teach you well enough to be able to shoot a 72. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my fault. I have not given you enough knowledge to give you enough resources to use when you go out and play without me. And I do think that that's a downfall on my end is that a lot of my students are a lot of my students are extremely like dependent on me. Mm -hmm. And you can take it as a compliment or, you know, okay, I'm like goes both ways. Yeah, it definitely goes both well, ways. Well, because sometimes it has to be I can't we can't be dependent all the time on our coaches because or maybe even our parents. We can't oh, parents take me to the golf course or coach me I want to only practice when you're there. I only want to do this when you're here. I'll play in this tournament if you, you know, it's a lot of you when it's like you have to do it on your own because you're the one hitting the golf ball when you're in a tournament or you got to go to the driving range and practice putting on your own. It's kind of on you because I feel like you give me all the information I need to know, but now it's up to me and my decision making. Am I going to put the work in for it? Correct. And maybe that's where we need a little more of the yelling part or like the discipline part. I have yes. a student who just started playing golf and she's naturally just like good at everything. So she does a lot of sports. She plays an instrument, you know, she's just good at it. And recently I've had to had a conversation with her that, you know, it's, I can't always be there. Like you have to come out on your own and practice and you know her I'm not gonna say excuse because it's not an excuse but she was like well I don't have a license I can't come out and practice on my own and I'm like there are ways if you want to make this a priority but you can't get mad at me that your swing is not improving when you come out once a week to practice with me in a lesson that's when we learn things we don't repeat things in a lesson we learn things in a lesson and it's sometimes hard to have that conversation with students that, you know, it's not like I'm trying to, you know, throw them under the bus or, you know, be negative, but I'm like, I can't always be there. Well, if I come and practice and you're not there, like, what do I do? Well, I can send you a whole plan. 
I have an app. You can subscribe to my app. You can ask me for advice. Like it's what you were saying. You have to make it a priority and you have to want to do it. And I'm not saying teenagers are lazy. They have a lot to do in school and it's a whole schedule full of things, but you have to make it a priority. If you want to get better at golf, you have to make it a priority. Mm -hmm. And again, those are one of the things that, you know, if you come for a lesson once a week and then you come next week and I ask you, did you practice? And you say, no, that's going to be one of the things that makes me disappointed because I'm like, man, we're, I'm putting so much time and effort into making you a better golfer and you're making the choice to not come out and practice what I'm teaching you. Mm -hmm. That's not my fault. I'm sorry. That is all up to you and how much you are determined to get better. Yeah. And especially um, a quote came into my head that you once told me every time I would come to you and I would be like, my swing's not working or I'm, I don't know, something's with not working. And then you'd be like, well, work harder. And that's it. That would be the only statement. And then it would be like, okay. Like sometimes I think we try and find a reason of like, well, what do I need to do different? What do I need to change in my golf swing? When it's like, no, I taught you this. Like, for example, we work on swinging into out. You gave me an alignment stick. Keep working with the alignment stick. It's not just going to help in one week. Like, you have to keep doing it. And so you tell me, work harder. Like, just the most blunt statements from you. <laughs> well, and what... you're the type of person that needs that too. Yes. So as much as I'm like loving and caring about you, you do need because you have zero patience. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people do. I don't have patience. And so I totally get where you're coming from. Like, I wish it was as as easy as just painting a wall. It was white and now it's black. Oh. And now it's finished. <laughs> so much like, easier. So much things, so many things in life are not like that. And especially golf. And I think that's why where you can see the crowd that is constantly working. So my husband and I had this conversation one of his friends that also played in the NFL, they work out together all the time. And my husband goes, he is constantly doing something in golf, like constantly. So he would go over to his house and they would be sitting on the patio after a workout. So they are just like dying from working out. So while my husband is sitting in the chair, just like breathing, um, his friend is now like chipping over the pool. You know what I mean? Or like he has a net in the corner of his backyard. And so he's just over there. So as they're talking and having a conversation, his friend is literally just hitting into the net or chipping over the pool or pitching over a bush. Like it's when you make it a habit, you know, that's when it's going to work. But I think that's the crowd because they're patient and willing to put the time in to make a difference in their swing and their game that's the crowd that you're going to see is going to like, you know, take the next step to whatever that is. It doesn't have to be the pros, but if you're shooting a 90 to be shooting an 88 or an 85 or an 83, you know what I'm saying? Now, if you're the type of player that's like, well, I'm going to come out on these days, that's great. But is it just, is it made into your week? You know what I mean? Is it scheduled into your week so that like I have to go to the golf course and I have to hit this basket of balls and then I can run to the grocery store and then I can do this. I mean, if that's the mindset, you're literally going to the golf course to hit a basket of balls. You're not going to the golf course to get better. It's just like a part of your day, you know, like we're eating. We don't really think about it, but we eat. 
some something because we're hungry. Mm-hmm. And so there's just so many more things that goes into like the game of golf and how to improve your golf game. Um, but again, it's all about that coaching. I mean, what type of coach do you need? And I've had one parent who called me, this was a couple of years ago. And, um, she goes, hi, I hear that you teach juniors. My son is five and he wants to be on the PGA tour. Can you help him? And, you know, in the beginning of my career, when all you're trying to do is build a book of business and and get as many clients as possible. So you can actually make a living off of this. I would have been like, yeah, 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 of course. At this point, I'm like, I don't think I'm the right coach for you because I, he's five. And I don't think he told you he wanted to be on the PGA tour. I think, I think you told yourself that he wants to be on the PGA tour. Yeah. Not saying it's not realistic. Like if you start at five, that, that might, might be the case. I just don't think I'm the coach for him, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely another coach out there that will make him a pro if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, very many different types of coaching. And I think it's important for me and my job to know when to say no, when to say yes, because I'm never going to change my, my type of coaching. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I am who I am and I've seen results for the people I click with. You're not always going to click with people and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. But that's why there's a million other golf instructors out there. (laughs) I mean, and I'm so like about clicking with certain coaches. I mean, think about who's one of the greatest players, Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. He'd work with this instructor for this many years and then he would move on and find a different one. And then this, so some commit to five years, 10 years, 20 years some people you just find that and then some people they just need to switch after a year it just it all depends there's a coach for every one of you and this is not just golf this is like all sports Mm -hmm. there are all different types of coaches for every single sport out there yeah and so you just have to find what team or coach whatever fits best for you now i do have a question before i go i'm like hmm we know that we need to prioritize time to get better but I'm like, what if you're only a hundreds golfer, a nineties golfer, like, and they still come once a week to you? Like, do they just, I'm trying to come up with the right way of asking this. Like they want to get better, but they're not putting in the effort because they don't have time. But it's like, is it worth them putting it in the time if all they're doing is shooting a hundred? Does that make sense? I think you have to be realistic. Yeah. And a part of my job too is you know, like telling them and being blunt about, honestly, if you come to me once a week, like what, what are you trying to get out of this? Like, what are your goals? Mm -hmm. And then I can tell you if you're a hundreds golfer, you probably three putt a lot. So if you come to me for a swing lesson, you know, to improve your swing, maybe that's not what we need in this moment. Um, If you don't have time to practice, then you can't, you can't expect like major results and go and out just, on the course and shoot low. <laughs> and and that's mm-hmm. just, I'm not being negative. It's mm-hmm. not, I don't think that's mean is, it's just facts. realistic. <laughs> yeah. Like facts. facts. Exactly. <laughs> facts. Cause I mean, it's the same thing about like losing weight or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't just like not eat for one day and then expect to like lose 20 pounds. Like <laughs> it's a consistent 
thing that you have to stick with. Mm -hmm. And it goes for anything that you do in life. Like the more consistent you can be, the greater the results are going to be. And the days are going to pass anyways. So you might as well make it a priority to however you want to spend your days. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have time, and maybe, I mean, I have like a client, um, I have a couple actually um, that has cancer Mm -hmm. and they just want to come out and take lessons because they truly enjoy it. They don't have goals. They just want to come out to the golf course and swing a golf club and hang out with me. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. but be realistic about your goals. And then, you know, to like conclude like the types of coaching, um, it's important that you find a coach that you like. And that was me with Coach Wallman. He was like truly like a blessing in my life because he was everything that I needed at, at, in that moment. And then the fact that I stayed in this country after college, he's had a lot of influence on like, not just like my golf life, but you know, how I am as a person because he spent pretty much every day with me for three years, <laughs> you know, and in my young adult years too. So he formed the person that I am today and I'm I'm forever grateful for that. And I just, you know, getting emotional about it, but he's just such a genuine person. And I wish everyone would get to know him because he just wants everyone well. Mm-hmm. And it really shows in his coaching. So, well, maybe sometime when he has time, we can have him on our podcast. I'm sure he would love that. <laughs> get a get him an interview. He's gonna tell all the stories about me. I don't know if I want that. <laughs> I know, like that one time I got benched from Hawaii. I got to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah, okay, just the sound of that, right? Um, played a tournament in Puerto Rico, and I disappointed him. And that was the only time in my three year career at IU that he ever yelled at me in front of my whole team when we got back from that trip and he benched me for Hawaii and I've never been so embarrassed in my life. I'm sure he would love to share that story. <laughs> yeah. I'll want to hear that. I don't I know. <laughs> Who were you 15 years ago? Oh, I mean, <laughs> embarrassing to start. Anyways, we just want to thank you guys for listening to us. I mean, we're almost reaching the end of the year. If you can believe it, we only have three more episodes left. I know. And we got some really good stuff coming. Yeah. We're excited. Uh, Three more episodes for this year. And then we have some things coming up. We do. So we can't wait. I know. We're thankful for all of you listening. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to share the podcast.